How's it going? Hi, it's going good. Thank you for speaking with me. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, so we're so we have a limited time, so I'm just going to get right into it. I liked your film. I really enjoyed it. It was not what I was expecting. <laughs> Good. I, my, my main goal when I make something is hopefully to subvert expectations. And if people go into it thinking that maybe it's going to be just this like kind of standard karate movie that where everything kind of happens in an expected way, then, then I've, I've seen it. So I really just want to surprise people. Right, because um, the first thing I have to ask you straight off the bat is because the main topic of the film is toxic masculinity. And I want to ask you, as a man, why did you decide to not only write this story, but to direct it and to make it? Because let's be honest, usually when we're dealing with the topic of toxic masculinity, a lot of men don't even like to acknowledge that it's a real thing. And are that the way that we, that women in general, like feel about it, they, they kind of like dismiss it or say, you know, we're overreacting. So I wanted to ask you why you chose to actually go through with writing the story and like what inspired you to write it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I actually wrote this at the end of 2015. And honestly, I don't think the word or the word toxic masculinity will really, really be used to describe anything. It feels like that that kind of phrase that's come about more in recent years, especially mm-hmm. with like Me Too movement uh, kind of breaking out. And I, I really, at that time, it was more of like personal feelings about was I masculine enough? Was I man enough? Society was telling me you should buy these things and you should be this type of person and listen to this type of music. And, and if you didn't fit within those constructs or those confines, like... Were you a man? And so I really just wanted to kind of poke fun at that, but explore the fact that I I had these personal thoughts and fears. And and it was I, also at the time uh, that I started writing this that I had been doing jiu-jitsu, probably, I would say, about two years at that point. And I, I really liked the idea of setting something in the world of martial arts, but then exploring these ideas that you might not normally see explored through a sports movie. It's, 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 at the end of the day, this is kind of the the structure of a sports movie, at least the first half, and then it starts to progress and, and evolve into something a little bit darker and, and more different. Uh, but I, I, that was that was the, the main goal behind it, was almost like a personal catharsis sort of thing. Right, because as you mentioned, like the term toss and masculinity, I think it's always existed, but it didn't really get into, I guess you could say, the cultural zeitgeist until the last few years, like thanks to like um, the Me Too movement and stuff, because before it would have been called um, chauvinism, right? And... I found it interesting the way how you kind of like went into it because when Casey was assaulted, I was not expecting that. I was like, okay, so he's going to go through, I thought it was going to be mainly about him finding out who the people were that attacked him. But then it was like, okay, so it's also talking about PTSD because he suffered from the trauma and he was becoming reclusive and, you know, he was staying home. So I, I thought that was a really interesting angle to, to look at it because we saw him being fearful. And that's not something we see often in film with men. Like, if they are hurt, like, we don't really see them going through the process of, like, be, of being fearful. Usually it's, which I guess is a form of toxic masculinity and stuff where you see, like, instead of them trying to deal with their trauma, are actually showing fear they try to push through it and they're like oh i'm macho and i'm gonna and like i'm not scared but he, he was afraid and i think it, that was actually a relief to see because we don't see it often yeah i mean uh the there were two things that were kind of going through my head the first kind of like you said i wanted to show somebody who was afraid and, and didn't belong and didn't have people to be able to talk to and even if he did men don't really talk about their feelings with other men even though i think that they benefit 
hugely by, by being able to relate to somebody uh, and but they but they don't. They're, they're like that's just kind of a, uh, a thing that men don't do. Men men are too proud or men are too nervous about being perceived as weak. And and I wanted to show Casey as uh, a person who, even though he was in touch with his feelings, he also didn't really have anybody to feel those feelings with mm-hmm. or, or express those feelings to. But I also, for me, I, I, I really had been kind of going down this weird rabbit hole of, and it's a masochistic, like, sort of thing. I don't know why I was doing it, but I was watching videos online of, like, muggings and security cam footage of people being robbed at ATMs. And, and it just, it, I, it, it's so easy to find those things, and, and it's fascinating to watch, but as, like, all, the form of how, how horrible humans can be to each other. But also, it's deeply terrifying, and I found myself kind of, saying what if what would happen if this happened to me what would happen if i was with a loved one and we were attacked at gunpoint or or by like assaulted by somebody and i couldn't do anything to protect them and that was a real real fear that i had and it's it partially what got me into jujitsu uh also the, the fact that i was into watching mma and and kind of really thinking like that could be a good sport for me to start was was grappling and, and that, that that could be something that was beneficial but I also just wanted to know how to defend myself and uh, part of that was just being afraid so I really wanted to acknowledge that in the, in the kind of uh, origin uh, story of Casey not even really an origin story just like the beginning of the film uh, and, and have him go through this traumatic event that really kind of affects him in a way that makes him afraid more fragile than he already is and let him find something that gets him kind of uh, beyond that. Right, and I also wanted to ask you, like, because I did find out for, through my interview with um, Mindy Kelly that she said you did jujitsu. So I, I thought it was interesting that you chose karate to be the, um, the I guess you could support the martial arts that he that was being like portrayed in the film. And I want to ask you, what was the reason for that? Was there any particular reason? Yeah, the, the main reason is that, um, well, jujitsu, if you're familiar with it, it's people rolling around on the ground, basically. Like, you wrestle somebody to the ground or you use judo to take them down. And then once you're on the ground, you attack, or you, you attack permissions and you attack chokes and, and arm bars and joint locks. And, and as great as that is, as wonderful, uh, like, it, as a skill it is to know those things, it also doesn't look very cinematic. So my idea was really to kind of take a more cinematic art like karate, um, which is kicking and punching and 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 something also a little bit more traditional. Like people don't know what jujitsu is, but if you say karate, like a hundred out of a hundred people are going to know what karate is. So it's a combination of saying this is more well known, it's more widely known and, and widely practiced, but also it's, it's a more of a cinematic art. And uh, and I'll save the jujitsu uh, movie for for down the line at some point. Uh, maybe if I if I did a jujitsu movie, I'd probably take it a little bit more seriously in the way that I treat the material than than karate. But I, at the same time, I didn't really want to make fun of karate. I just wanted to kind of morph it a little bit and use it as this sort of base uh, for what we were really trying to say about masculinity. Right, and the thing is about the using like a martial arts um, like karate is because even I've never studied um, like martial arts but I've like watched like I'm a huge martial arts fan like I watch the films and stuff but like there's something that even if you don't practice it like you know because they always tell you it's about like, as you said it's about defense and it's about being able to protect yourself but you don't use it as a weapon right you're not supposed to use it as a weapon um, 
unless you have unless you have to and for um sensei which is who played by alessandro novillo he uses it as a weapon right and i thought that was like he perverts the reason for it and i guess it started with his sensei um before and like he didn't see anything wrong with perverting something that he's supposed to be protecting and he's teaching these other men and also um anna who played by imogene poots to to like misuse it right and to like kind of like misrepresent it so i thought it was interesting because like we see him like actively because they're like doing kind of like a fight club you know like what happens in fight club stays in fight club but like they're using it like strictly like to bully each other and to beat each other to kind of show this is what it means to be a man but i'm like that's not what it's supposed to be about yeah, I mean, traditionally, martial arts uh, are a form of uh, self-expression or self-improvement or empowerment, and then a lot of them are, are self-defense as a as a secondary thing. Like you said, you're never supposed to use it to attack. But uh, I really like the idea, and I'm I'm not even sure that um, it, I really know if it is instructor uh, the who's the grandmaster in our film. I don't know if his instructor even practice this in this regard as well. I feel like he, maybe he, he didn't, or maybe he did, but for sure, uh, Sensei, or, or Alessandro Nivola's character, he uses it as a tool for control, as a way of uh, manipulating people, and uh, honestly, I, I think that he uses this as, as to like, make himself feel better about himself. Like, I do think that there's a cult-like mentality to the film, which I obviously wanted to talk about masculinity with the film and, and the toxic nature of it, but I also really wanted to explore uh, further the idea of mind control and uh, and manipulation, which mm-hmm. I, I, I started to explore with Vault, my first feature. It's about uh, deprogramming from a cult. And I do think that maybe I just was like not finished with the topic, and I really like the idea of coming back to it and using it and exploring it in a different way. False is not getting somebody out of a cult, and self defense is almost like an indoctrination to a cult. Uh, but he's used as karate to indoctrinate people, and, and I think outside of the dojo, maybe he's not quite as cool or as, as uh, respected as, as he lets on. But inside the dojo, he gets to be this this leader and this this person that people look up to, and and he uses that. Some people will use that for good, and in his case, he's using it for evil. Right. But in his opinion, okay. I don't think that he's using it for evil. I think he genuinely believes the things that he's teaching. And I do think that he's telling Casey these things that he thinks are going to make Casey's life easier and better, uh, and it just happens to be exactly the opposite of what he should be teaching. Exactly, because, like, um, yeah, he, I, I, like you said, he doesn't believe what he's doing is wrong when he clearly is, because he's, like, setting up people, like, go going out picking people to get beat up and I'm, I know he wasn't expecting Casey to walk into his dojo but I was like how do you not see anything wrong with targeting people and like encouraging them to kill people because they have the restraint which means that they, they they've taken a life and he his mind is so he is so indoctrinated into his own belief that he has bought into the whole be tough guy and like whatever happens with uh in a fight is the result like if you die in the fight that's what happens but the thing is he doesn't realize that his targets are not involved in the fight they didn't sign up for this right so he takes that choice away from them and like when he's and i found it interesting he's the one who's telling casey to let go of his fear i'm like that's a good message where he's like telling him you need to get over your fear and like to get through but the way he's doing it 
it, with the way he's the things he's saying and the way he's going about it are not like the right things. I'm like, you can't be telling him that the way to get over his fear is to beat other people and like, to and to victimize other people, right? And he couldn't see that. So, but, but I also thought his character yeah. is he's very lonely because we don't see him much interacting with people outside of the dojo, and everyone that we do see him interact with has to is related to the dojo. Yeah, it's funny. I, I actually feel like there's a moment in the, in the film where he says, uh, when he's promoting Taken Yellow Belt, he says, this next person is somebody who I see a little bit of myself in. And, and I do believe that he does. I think that he sees Casey as like, as this like son he never had. And and uh, I, I created this backstory for Sensei where, like, I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily like how everyone has to interpret it. But I like to think that he maybe was married at some point and, and he, uh, well, there is a photo in his desk that, that definitely hints towards that, like, pretty majorly. And it's actually funny because we shot a photo with, with Mindy Kelly as maybe his ride. And, and I like to think that at some point he maybe was married and maybe thought that his wife was going to be a certain way. And then they had a falling out and aren't together anymore. And, and that that could have been one of the things that set him down this path of, of being, like, Women aren't necessary. Men are stronger. Men are better. And, and it's maybe this uh, kind of protective shell that he's put around himself to make sure that, that he never gets hurt again. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, he's, he's got a toxic idea of how to go about life. And, and I think that uh, his loneliness is, is influencing all of that. And I think that he sees the case he's lonely and needs to belong. And, and so, yeah, he takes a liking to him for, for many reasons. But one of them is that, yeah, he sees, he sees himself in him. Right, and the other thing is, um, speaking about Anna, like um, Anna and women, is I found it I the way how she discusses her assault, like what happens to her, he and the way he blames her, and she's kind of she hasn't accepted it, but she has taken this as just being a part of her life, and she wants to be a part of the dojo so much that she she kind of just like goes along with what he said, and I I I, I like that really I kind of like. It shocked me because I'm like, okay, why are you still hanging around this man? But as, again, you said it's like an indoctrinated, like, but she hasn't fully, fully been indoctrinated because she was telling Casey that to leave. She's like, don't stay because she didn't want what happened to her to happen to him. And it's like, for her, I wanted to ask you, like, for her character, like, how did you go about developing her story and her character? Because I thought it was interesting to see this dynamic of a woman that we know is physically stronger than the other men and possibly the sensei, too, because I believe she could take him in a fight. But what? But she, but she still stays, right? So I wanted to ask you about her character and, like, how you came about developing her character. Yeah, I, I see, for her, I really did like to think that She's almost staying there, not to spite Sensei, because I, I do think that she's there for herself at the end of the day. But there's got to be a level of, like, one day he'll see, one day he'll change his mind. And I, I do think that there's something to uh, somebody who says, you know what, it's going to be hard for me, but it's going to change someday. And I can be a part of that change. Like, not saying that she's, like, sitting at the front of the bus or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, she's... She's looking out for the future generation. She's teaching the children. She's she's trying to mold the minds of the future. And also, like you said, she's there thinking like, I, if I leave, something's going to happen to some people that I care about, like Casey, and uh, she can't live with that. But I do think that she knows that, that quitting would never be the answer, and that uh, even though she doesn't get her black belt 
confirmed since day when she should have gotten it. She knows that she is one. She knows that inside of her, she's already reached that level. And for her, maybe the belt just doesn't matter. Maybe the belt is just like, like Sensei says at a point at a point in the movie. Maybe it's just there to keep her pants up. Like it, it. There are other things that are more important than belts, and and I think she's fighting for something more than that. Mm. And so yeah, because and I think there is a like a real development of her character, in particular because when like just before the ending there's a there's a scene where she's teaching the class like the kids and she's talking about like how to get revenge she's like if you can't get the if you can't get them back now you get them back later but at the end she kind of changes she kind of i guess goes back to what she truly believes she's like okay it's about defense and it's about protecting yourself so she's she, she's moved away from sense's teaching and this of course happens after he dies and I, i'm gonna tell you the ending had me like i'm like what like they legit got away with murder and i'm like i don't know how to feel about this i still don't up to now <laughs> i'm like of course i'm like you should be in jail but like what <laughs> right and i and i i was still like so every time i think about it i'm like but okay so the bad guy is dead but then they're bad guys too and like how i like i know i should be like you guys all deserve to be in prison because you're all going about assaulting people like you've killed people like casey ended up killing a cop but they went on as if nothing happened and i'm like is it that beca- and to me it seemed that casey wasn't like fully indoctrinated or whatever but it's like he accepted it what he did and like what the others have yeah. done so almost like so easily and it kind of like threw me well for from also the for me the movie is is stylized and i kind of wanted to create my own world with it and narratively it just Like, I, I remember my first AD saying when she first read the script, when we got to the police officer point where, where Casey kills him in, in, in like, anger and, and so like, I, like adrenaline-fueled rage, uh, that, that she was like, oh, well, here's the point in the movie where our character now has to, like, figure out how to, how to fix this problem, and this problem's going to be part of the story, and she was kind of, like, rolling her eyes. And then we just never acknowledged it, never, like, worried about it. And that's because to me, it's narratively unimportant. Like it's, it's its own world. Things exist in their own way. And it made no sense for me, uh, like entertainment wise, narratively to go down that path. It was more important that the, it was a, a internal struggle that was in his head that he now had going forward. He knew that he'd taken somebody's life and he's a changed person. And that also gives him the motivation to say, I've done it once. I'll do it again but this time to somebody who deserves it. I, I like that the lead character doesn't leave the film unscathed. I like that he, he makes morally, uh, not even ambiguous decisions, he makes morally corrupt decisions, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, for the good of the Academy. And, and it's way more important to just think about like what, what's going to make the movie better and what's going to make the movie more interesting rather than say, well, what would happen in real life? Because we're making a movie in real life can be boring and if you get to do whatever you want with a movie why not why not take that and run with it so that was that was the idea behind that and, and not so much a concern for uh reality mm. all right okay and so one of the questions i wanted to ask you with regards to the fighting and the martial arts is you chose a female fight choreographer and fight designer and i wanted to ask you if that was purpose um if that was on purpose i'm not because of her skill but because the fact is this the film is dealing with toxic masculinity and you have a sensei who believes that women can't get black belts even though like they're physically capable of doing it and you have other male characters who belittle like Anna's who belittle Anna because she's a woman and they kind of dismiss her style her um, her her skill and 
you had you chose and you went with a female um stunt coordinator and fight and fight designer and also i so i wanted to ask you if that was on purpose or if it was just just simply because mindy is like just badass and on her own but i want to ask you if that kind of like played into it Oh, definitely. I mean, I knew from day one that this was a movie that was going to be uh, predominantly starring men. It was going to uh, be about men, and there was going to be one woman in it, and I knew she was going to be this like, badass fighter character in the film. Uh, and behind the scenes, it was me as a director. I'm a white male from a middle-class family in Porterville, Texas. Uh, my, that's my perspective. And it just it felt weird to make a movie all about men, starring men, by a man, and not have women behind the scenes to kind of give it uh, some femininity that it was definitely uh, going to be lacking, <clears throat> excuse me, at least on the page. So the first person that I knew who was going to be involved in the movie was my editor, Sarah Beth Shapiro. Uh, but then also talked to my cinematographer, Michael Reagan, who shot my first feature, and, and he shot this as well, and said, I really want to find, like, the coolest female stunt coordinator out there and just, like, have her kill it and, and really kind of go against the, the overt masculinity on screen and just, like, have her uh, strength and toughness come through in the fight that's choreographed. And he was, like... Randomly, he said, oh, my God, you should meet the stunt coordinator I know named Mindy. She would be perfect for it. And so we, I ended up meeting her. I sent the script about a year before we sh- uh, started shooting. And she said yes from day one. She knew We knew that she was going to be involved. Uh, but then that also kind of, like, informed the rest of the crew uh, situation. Like, I, I had uh, a male cinematographer and his, like, number two in command, his dapper and his grip work dude. But every single other department head on the film, uh, we, um, except for our sound guy, uh, they were all women. So our production designer was a woman named Charlotte Lawyer. Uh, our costume, hair and makeup, uh, like we've got a producer who's a woman. Our first AD is a woman. Like it was so important. Our composer. It's so important to me to to like understand the fact that I'm maybe making a movie that's all men, and that that might not be the like coolest way to go about something. But if you have to, how are you going to go ahead and, and subvert in the, the crew choices? And that was my idea. And I, I'm so glad that I did it. I don't think that I picked women just to pick women. I ended up picking the best people for the job. And I can say that like without question. And I'm so proud of our team and what we were able to accomplish. And, and I would work with everyone at Santa Heart. Right. And um, I know you have to go soon. So my other, my last question for you has to do with the dialogue. And... To me, it was very precise. Um, to me, it seemed like everyone spoke very um, deliberately. Like a lot of the dialogue is they—it wasn't staccato, but it was—I what's the word? So it was precise, but it was very stilted at the same time. So I wanted to ask you if that was also that has to do with because I'm like wondering if I was reading way too much into it because like martial arts is about discipline and it's about being precise in where you hit someone or where you kick them and like in every move you have to be certain and I was wondering if that actually kind of was done on purpose or if it was just like maybe reading too much into it (laughs) yeah I mean it wasn't actually related to martial arts in in the sense that it's just kind of the style that I I tend to write in my first feature is pretty similar to this it's just pushed a little bit further in this one but it's interesting to hear you compare it that way in, in the precision. Uh, not intentional, but I, I can see that uh, that relation, and that's that's actually kind of interesting to me. I like that. But uh, but no, it's just it's, it's a style of comedy that I like. I really prefer to 
say things as that are as crazy as they are, but have them be said in a way that's almost removed from any understanding of why something is funny or ridiculous. And if you perform it that way, then I think it sells the joke of it more rather than selling everything as like, this is a funny joke and here's the punchline and, and then wait for a laugh and like have a character uh, nod or wink or, or smile after they say something as if they know that that's, that's what they're trying to say, that they're trying to make somebody laugh. It was more important to me uh, to to have the dialogue be just like the thing that they say and then let the audience decide what's funny rather than them, them telegraph that. Right. And Frank Oz uh, uh, come up to me after one of my South by Southwest screenings and just like kind of uh, back me up on that. He, he basically said, uh, you can never tell somebody an audience is funny. You have to let them decide that for themselves. Mm-hmm. And he thought that we did that with the movie and, and was a, a big fan. And, and that was so huge for me because... Those people like that are who I look up to. Like, who I aspire to. So, so I aspire to have a career like his. And and uh, just you get that type of praise is just pretty amazing. Yeah. No. Um. It was great. And I kind of like. Normally, that kind of dialogue doesn't really like get me, but I thought it worked really well for the characters and for the film. And um, I think yeah, you have to, you have. To, I think this is it. I think you have to go. But again, thank you so much for talking to me, and I really liked what you did with the film and like discussing the topic. And I hope a lot of people see it because I think is something, especially men, <laughs> they should see, and I hope they get the right message from it. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It, 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 the film means a lot to me, but it's it's really cool that something so personal is kind of catching on with people in a way that it's personal to them. I, it, it, it's a huge compliment, and I'm, I'm just hoping as many people can see it as possible, but uh, things like this help a lot. So I really appreciate you talking to me about it. Oh, sure. Thank you. I'm sure like the listeners from my podcast are going to enjoy it so much. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, sorry, I, I lost you on that one thought right there. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's OK. I was saying I'm sure the listeners for my podcast are going to enjoy it because like for I talk a lot about martial arts films for my podcast. And <laughs> so, oh, great. yeah, so like one of my favorite films is The Raid. So and well, I should say The Breed Redemption, like both films. So like I always talk about martial arts films and like, I'm sure my listeners are going to like in love hearing about this one particular aspect of martial arts and about, me- I should say, masculinity as well. That's, that's amazing. I, I'm, I, yeah, that's so cool to hear, and I really hope they do come, go and check it out. And know also that, that it's not a film making fun of martial arts. It just happens to have humor uh, and, and maybe a little poking fun at ourselves since I do practice jujitsu. So, but, yeah, I appreciate it again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.